Awesome. Well, you can have a seat. Such a joy to see all of you here. Come on. You guys feeling good today? Amen. Amen. Some of you are like, no, I'm no, no, I'm not sure yet. But that's all right. You showed up. And that's half the battle, right? Sometimes showing up is just half the battle. So I'm proud of you for coming. I'm proud of you being here. Uh, believe that God has a word for each one of us today. And, uh, and so I'm excited to share that with you. Um, we are continuing a series today called Home for Christmas. And uh, perhaps you've been invited by someone, and so I just want to say welcome. Uh, welcome to Elevation Church. We're just so glad you're here. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name's Daniel, and I'm the lead pastor around here. And uh, it, it really is a joy to have you here if you've never been here before. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us. Um, but like I said, we've started a series, and last week uh, we kind of jumped into it. And I'll, I'll catch you up so you don't have to worry about, you know, being lost or anything. Um, but we're in the middle of a series that is all about uh, this idea that Jesus coming into the world was not just some abstract idea, but it was something that happened in history and that this man, Jesus, uh, grew from a little baby into a man, and that he spent time on this earth, he eventually went to a cross, he died a brutal death on this cross with a purpose. And that purpose, whether you know it or not, was you. Now, even before you were born, God knew you. That's what the Bible says. And when you came into the world, the Bible says that God knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. And so from the beginning of time, think about this. This is what blows my mind. That somehow that God knew me before and had prepared a way for me to get back home. And so when we come to Christmas, it's not some just religious idea that we come to. It's not just like, you know, oh, we went to church today and we did the thing and we stood up and we went down and we, you know, did this and whatever we did, you know, the, the, the religious side of it. It's so much more than that. So much more than that. And so this series is all about connecting us again with that reality that, that, that God provided a way for each of us to come home. Maybe you're home today, and you're like, yes, I'm so glad I'm home. Maybe you just showed up, and you don't even know what home is. Or you're like, I, I don't know. I don't, like, I, I don't like these people. I'm not sure if I want this to be my home yet. I get it. But I'm just glad you're here, because I believe God has a word for you today as you think about what it means to belong. What, it, what you think about what it means to have a connection with a heavenly Father that loves you and has provided a way back for you so that you can live in the very presence of God. I don't know about you, but that sounds exciting to me. If it doesn't sound exciting to you, then something's wrong with you. And I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. Father, that we would all be open to this possibility that God loves us very much and wants a relationship with us. All right, well, I want to start here with our series verses. Uh, this is in Luke chapter 15. And uh, if you're familiar with the Word of God, Luke chapter 15 is kind of known as the, the, the passage of lost things. Like, uh, because what you do is you read through this passage and you see stories that Jesus told. One of them is about the lost sheep. And one of them is about a lost coin. And then he tells a story about a lost brother, uh, the younger brother 
and, and, and how this brother walked away from God. And, and so perhaps you've heard some of that, but that's kind of where we are. So we're in a passage of scripture on lost things and how God is very serious about helping lost things, lost people get back to the very presence of God. And so I want to start reading here in verse 17. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn uh, to chapter 15, verse 17. And I'm going to be reading in the message version, so in case it doesn't correlate with what you're reading, uh, the message version is kind of a paraphrase, uh, a more modern translation. And so, so Eugene Peterson wrote it, and he takes some liberty, but I think he's fairly accurate in how he tries to present it. So listen to this. Um, this is how he starts. That brought him to his senses. <laughs> you ever been brought to your senses? In other words, he experienced something that brought him to his senses. And what he experienced was that he was in a pig trough feeding pigs. And at one point in his life, he was a part of the father's house and he had servants and he had all these things, but yet he had wandered away from it. He had willfully walked away from it and now he found himself in a bad place. You ever walked away from something that you knew was good for you, that you knew was a good thing and found yourself in a bad place? Come on. I think as human beings, we all have done this. And so this is where this younger brother is. He wakes up, he finally comes to his senses, and then in the Bible goes on to say this, that he said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day. He's basically starving. He goes on and says, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. He finally makes the decision, I'm going back. And you know, I, I, I clearly recognize that I made a bad choice. So he says, I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. So in other words, he would just be honest. He would be open. He would, he would repent of the things that he had done. And then he says this, take me on as a hired hand. In other words, I don't, I don't even need to be the son anymore. I'll just be a slave. I'll just be a servant in your house because I know it, it, that's better than what I currently am experiencing. You know things are bad when that's your choice. And then the Bible says, listen to this, he got right up and he went home to his father. This whole series is based out of that phrase. He got up and he went home to his father. Now, I don't know where you are today or what your journey is or where you've been or, you know, maybe you're in the church, out of the church, angry at the church, whatever it is. I think there's this message for all of us that if today you feel distant from God, you feel distant from his church, then I want to encourage you to get up and make your way back to the Father. Because God's plan for your life is not to live in isolation. God's plan for your life is not to live in a disconnection from God or from other people. If you're tuning in online, same thing. God's plan for your life is not to remain disconnected. So if you've been online for years, come on back. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you'll never experience the fullness of what God has to offer you until you connect with other Christians and other people who love God. And if you're trying to do it on your own, whether it's online or right here in person, friends, you need to recognize that God has a better plan. He has a better way. 
So that's kind of the backdrop for this entire series, that it's time for us to get up, make the choice, get up, and start moving towards the Father again. If we've wandered away, or if we've chose to walk away, or if maybe we've been hurt. Have you ever been hurt? You know, come on. You've been hurt by the church, or maybe you've been hurt by a leader. You've been hurt, whatever it is. We serve a God that can heal hurt. But he sure isn't going to do it by you just sitting in your house trying to do it on your own. You need the people of God around you. You need pastors in your life. You need the word of God being preached to you every, every moment that you can because the Bible says that if you have the word of God preached to you that faith can rise inside of you. So if you're here today and, and you're like, you feel low, you feel like your faith is low, come on. See, the word of God is being preached and the Bible says if you'll just listen, your faith will come up. So if you're feeling weak today, allow that to be a word for you today. Hear the word of God so that you can begin to experience the power of God. And so last week we talked about how important it is that we have our connection with the Father. We have our connection with other people, i.e. believers in Jesus Christ and his church. And we said that those three things are oxygen to our journey. Because if without them, we don't have the oxygen we need. And what happens if you don't have the oxygen you need? You die. Or you pass out and you start breathing again. <laughs> and so my point is, is your body is designed to receive oxygen one way or the other. And some of us have been trying to live our life without those three things. And what happens is we wonder, like, why when I walk up those stairs, I feel winded? Why, why in my life right now do I feel winded? Why do I feel weak? Why do I feel the way I feel? And I just want to say to you, could it be that perhaps you've gotten disconnected from God? Perhaps you've gotten disconnected from the people of God? Perhaps, come on, the, the, the data seems to indicate it, that people have gotten disconnected from the church. That we've become increasingly more isolated to our own detriment. Because we're trying to do something opposite of what God has planned and purposed for all of his creation. So, last week we talked about that, but this week we're going to dive into something I think is so vital for us to understand. And that is really trying to understand who we are if it's true, which I believe it is, that we have a father in a home. Because if you have a father in a home, the Bible says... That you are somebody. Everybody say, I'm somebody. somebody. I'm somebody, right? I'm somebody. I'm not just some throwaway. You know, I'm not like Forky, you know, where I'm just trash. Some of you are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. It's from that movie, what is it called? Toy Story 26. Yeah, Toy Story 26. There was a fork named Forky, and he loved the trash. He thought he was trash. He always wanted to be in the trash. He always wanted to return to the trash. And I think sometimes that's how we feel. But you're not trash. God calls you something better than trash. Now, it's true, we all sin. But what's amazing is that God refers to us as sons and daughters. And I'm telling you, if you can grab hold of this, if you can start to live your life in that lane, it'll change everything. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I wanted to, I wanted to read a psalm to you. I was reading this this past week. And, uh, and this is the emotions that Israel... Because last week we talked about living in exile. And Israel was living in exile. You know, they had disobeyed God. And God had, had said, look, if you're going to live that way, then I'm not good with it. And as a result, they ended up in exile. Now, here's the thing. They're living in exile. 
in the psalm, the psalmist writes this. And this is, this is what he writes in 137, verse 1. Beside, beside the rivers of Babylon. So they've been exiled into Babylon. Look at this. We sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on branches of poplar trees. Now, what's going on there? They're literally sitting by this river, and they're weeping. They're so upset, so broken over this exile, that they literally put their harps on a tree because they're not going to play them anymore. Because they don't have anything to sing about. Now, I don't know if you feel that way, or perhaps you've felt that way before in your life, where you just felt like you didn't have anything to sing about, or perhaps that you weeped and weeped. And matter of fact, you just barely made your way in here today. But if you were honest, this week you spent time weeping. And see, Israel felt the same way because they had been disconnected from God. They had been disconnected from Jerusalem, their home, and they were living in this reality. I know I've felt that way before, and perhaps you feel that way today. The good news is, is that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this is what Deuteronomy says. Deuteronomy chapter 30, listen to this in verse, nine, or verse 19. Moses is saying this to his people, listen. He's basically standing before the people of God, and he says these words, listen. And he's saying it to you today. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. He goes on, and he says... That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says this, therefore, choose what? Life. Last week we talked about how it's a choice to get up and go back to the Father. See, today Moses says to each of us, I set before you life and death. I set before you life and death. What are you going to choose? And his heart as a pastor, as a leader of Israel, he says, my heart for you is that you would choose life. Now, I don't know about you, but perhaps this week even, you've not chosen life. Perhaps this week, you've, you've not chosen life. Perhaps this month, come on, perhaps this year, you've decided that I'm not going to choose life. Now, you would never say that, but you've been doing it. And Moses says to us, please choose life and then he goes on, he says that both of you and your descendants may live because there's something about being connected with the Father that leads to a life in ourselves and in the people that we love. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life. He's your oxygen. And without him, you have death. Did you know that? You literally could be walking around today and be dead, is what the Bible says. You're like, how's that possible? I'm walking. There's a spiritual component to our lives. And sometimes we walk around, but we're not walking in life. We're walking in death. And so he goes on to say that, that your very life is found in God and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He gives these to them. Here's the thing he's trying to say, that when you connect with the Father, you connect with a covenant of redemption, that you connect with something that's been going on a long time. And it's not just something that happened in the 1980s. 
That it's been going on a long time. From the very beginning. From the very beginning that the people of God decided to walk away from God. God from the very beginning has been trying to get his people home. Has been trying to woo his kids back. And that's what you see in this story. As Moses is talking about choosing life. He's saying choose what God has provided. Isn't it a scary thing to think that you would choose opposite of what God has provided for you? I don't know what it is for me, and I see that it happens all the time. If God has given you a free gift, like he's like, hey, kid come, kid, come on over today. I've got a gift for you. And God hands you a gift, would you take it? Of course you would take it. But that's what he's doing. And every day of our life, we have a chance to take it. But we don't always take it, do we? We pick up the things of this world. We pick up our own stuff. We pick up our wounds and our, and, and our hurts and, and our habits and our addictions. And we pick up these things and we think that somehow they're going to lead us to life. But they never do. Because they're a dead end. And it's only in Christ that we find the life that we need. And so I just want to say to you today, could we just choose life? Could we come home? Could we come home to the Father at Christmas? Like, let's just do it. Let's just say, you know what? I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of blaming. I'm tired of, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm getting up in Jesus' name, and I'm walking back home to the Father because it's in the Father's presence that I find everything that I need. So today, I want to zero in on what it means to be a son or daughter of the Most High God. Even you and I can come home we can come home today, even if we've, <laughs> even if there's all kinds of problems to it, all kinds of hurdles and hoops to get there. But one of the things I've learned is that in order to come home is one thing, but it's another thing to stay home, right? Like you could come home this Christmas, like right now, you'd be like, I'm coming home today in Jesus name. I'm, I, I'm convinced that I need this. And so you come home and a lot of people do that. You know, like, you know, we ask them, you want to, you want to give your life to Christ today? And somebody's like, yeah, I want to do that. And so you come home. But it's a different thing to come home than stay home. Yes? Yeah. And so often people will come home, but they don't stay home. And that was the problem with the younger brother. He had a home, but he walked away from it. Yeah. He walked away from his home. And, and what I want to say to you today is that there are problems that can stand in the way of us living as sons and daughters. Not necessarily by position, but by choice. That there are things going on in your life right now that have nothing to do with just your position. They have everything to do with your choice. And the choices that you're making are potentially leading to the things you're experiencing. So in other words, you can be saved today, to use a word that sometimes people understand. You can be a son or daughter of the Most High God. At some point in your life, you could have accepted Jesus and still be living as a slave. Still be living with an orphan mindset or mentality. Think about this for a second. You can be a son or daughter of the Most High God and not think like one not act like one. In other words, you have access, but you are not putting it into action in your life. So, so what I want to do for a moment is explain why this is. And it's important that we understand this because we all are in the same boat. You know, like sometimes you think you're in another boat. You're not. You're in the same boat. Like you think your boat is shinier than everybody else's boat, you know. 
And then you look at their boat and you're like, everybody's boat, oh, that boat's awful. I never want to be on that boat. The problem is, is that you're on that boat whether you know it or not. Because we're all in the same boat, the Bible says. The Bible says that all of us has fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. All of us have done that. We're all in the same boat. And so that means if we're in the same boat, that, that, that we all have a commonality. And the commonality is a, a, that we're prone to wander. We're prone not to have the right choice. To not make the right choice. And so we may be sons or daughters, uh, sons and daughters of God, but that doesn't mean we're living like that. But I want to explain to you why that is. Let's look here in Genesis chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn here. And this is important because you've got to get the foundation of what I'm talking about. You guys getting this? This making sense? Because you've got to get this. You've got to get this. It's important. This, is, this will help you. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, I'm going to read these. They'll be on the screens if you don't have your Bible. Listen. So the Lord God banished him. Everybody say banished. The Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. He's speaking about Adam. Verse 24. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flame, a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. And if you're like, what in the world are you reading to me? Perhaps you've heard the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, and then you remember that little snake and the whole tree thing, and then the snake convinced them to do the thing, and then all of a sudden it got bad, right? And then everybody blames Eve because it was all her fault, right? Well, as a result of that, they were banished from the garden. And what you see in this passage of Scripture is really two disconnections. Did you see them? There was a disconnection from the Father, and there was a disconnection from their place, from their home. Two disconnections that occurred in that moment. So in other words, when we sin against God, what can happen is a disconnection with God and a disconnection with our home. And God's desire is that none of those things ever happen to us. But if they do, the Bible says, that's, this is so great. If they do happen in our life, even if they're happening right now or later on in your life, the Bible says that you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus. And when you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus, you can come back to the Father. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, that you always have a home in Christ. And you're like, well, can I come home today? Yes. Even if you've done the thing, yep, you can come home. That's what the Bible says. Now, that's the good news, but let's go back to where the bad news was. See, the bad news says that we lost our father and we lost our home. And so I want to share with you three things that I think are true of all of us. It's something we have to see. And so if you're taking notes, listen to this. Three truths that you have to see from this passage of Scripture is that we are all born into this world as a spiritual orphan. See, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It means that we connect with what was going on in Genesis. That we connect back to what was going on in Genesis. In other words, that we, like Adam and Eve, lost our connection to the Father and our home. 
So therefore, we lost our father and we became homeless. You get this. So you're born this way. You're like, wait, no, I, I had a mom and a dad, I think, you know. I, I remember something about that. And, and, and see, here's what you have to understand. There's a spiritual reality that all of us are a part of. The Bible says that all of us are born as orphans. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're disconnected. That when you come into this world, you are disconnected from God and his church. So, what did God do about that? Well, we're going to get to that in a moment. But you have to understand that's where we start. Number two is that we will remain fatherless and homeless unless we accept the finished work of Jesus. This is where, you know, the preacher stands up and talks about the gospel. You know, he talks about the, the, the birth. Come on, Christmas. Right? The death. Come on, Good Friday. The resurrection, come on Easter. And then this is the part that gets missed sometimes in the gospel, the whole thing. We've got to close it out. Second coming of Jesus. See, those four things represent the gospel. In other words, sometimes we leave it out. We're like, a resurrection, we're done. No, no, we're not done. Second coming, that's, that's when we're done. Like when Jesus comes in ultimate victory, that's when we're done. That's the gospel. And so what, what, what I'm trying to say to you is that when you hear those four things, you should hear hope. <laughs> that, that, that if you're in here today and you are a spiritual orphan today, you have an opportunity to come back to the Father. You have an opportunity to come back home because of what Jesus has done for you. Whew, that's good news, people. And then number three, and this is the hardest part for us to get sometimes. Have you ever felt like when you do the thing that you're good? Like I've found that. Like some of us live that way with our spiritual walk with God. It's like you got saved when you were a kid. Or maybe you went to camp and you raised your hand. Right? And, and that was the thing that you did. But ever since then, you haven't lived for Christ whatsoever. Friends, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not saying you're not saved. But I'm just simply saying you need to look at that. Because people who are saved actually want to be with God. Are you saying I'm not saved? I'm not saying anything. It's not my job to determine that. But I do know that the Bible says that if you're a follower of Christ, you'll bear much fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit, then you need to look at that. You need to examine that. You need to kind of say, you know what? There might be a problem here. Because here's the third idea is that we can continue to walk through life with an orphan mindset even after we've received salvation. Now, how is that possible? Well, I'll tell you. So, like, you remember the story of Egypt or, and, and Israel. Remember they were in slavery? Maybe you've seen the story, the Ten Commandments, and they came out of Egypt and all this stuff, right? Charlton Heston, the deal. I don't know if you know that. That was, comes from the Bible. It's true. And, and so, so maybe you know the story. But the thing that is fascinating about that story is that God freed Israel from slavery, right? He frees them out of slavery in Egypt. And he takes them into the desert. And you know what these people do? They act like slaves. They do. He takes them out there and they act like slaves. Now, why in the world would they act like slaves? Because they were slaves, in other words, you can be physically free and still spiritually and mentally in bondage. 
So just because you're physically free doesn't mean, just because you're physically saved, come on, or spiritually saved, doesn't mean that you're living in the freedom that God has for you. Doesn't mean that you're thinking like a son or daughter. It could mean that you're thinking like a slave. It could mean that you're thinking like somebody that's disconnected like they were in the garden. See, see what I'm getting at? There's a subtlety here because I think some of us may be saved, but we're still thinking like orphans. We're still, we still have a mentality of orphans. We're still thinking like slaves, even though we're physically free or spiritually free. And so what I want to do for the remainder of our time is talk about how we can stop doing that so that we can stop thinking like orphans and start thinking like sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because doesn't that change things? Like if you wake up every day and you feel like a son or daughter of the Most High God, that's different than waking up and feeling like a worm. Isn't it? You ever seen a worm? They're gross. I don't know about you, but I don't even like, I don't even want to touch them. Like some of you like to touch them. I hate them. I just like, ugh. Who wants to touch a worm? It's like a snake. Hmm. The devil is compared to a snake. Just saying. Maybe worms. But God doesn't want you to feel like a worm. He doesn't want you wormy. He doesn't want that. He wants you to wake up every day knowing that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And this is not like uh, Stuart Smalley kind of stuff. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and dark gone it, people like me. No, no, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about knowing that there's a shift in you. There's a shift in you. There's a shift in you that you now are adopting Come on, you are now receiving. You are now replacing that old mentality with a new mentality so that you can live the glorious life that God has promised you as a son or daughter. I don't know if you know this, but you have a spiritual enemy. Did you know that? Like you go back all the way to the story. And if you back that story up, you know that there was a serpent and the serpent came and said, did God really say? How many times do we hear that a, a day? Did God really say? Can you really trust him? Is he really good? Does he really love you? Did God really, right? And those doubts come to our life and we start to actually believe them sometimes. But the serpent comes into our life and does damage. Whether you believe in that or not, I just want to say to you, the Bible teaches that. Like there is a physical reality that we all see, but there is a spiritual reality that we don't see. And I'll, I'll read it to you. Listen to this. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It's not on the screen. I just added it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Listen to this. For your struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, people. Your struggle is not against the physical life. He goes on and says this. But against the rulers, against authorities against the powers of this dark world, and listen to this, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, what's the heavenly realms? Well, it's that place that you can't see. I don't fully understand it. You're like, are you saying there's like realms you can't see? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Well, you're, you know, like, and that's why people get a little weird with Christians because you're like, well, that's not scientific. Well, I get it. I mean, I understand. I understand, like, I mean, some people, they're like, I can't believe it if I can't see it. You know what I mean? And I get that, right? And, and, and so, for example, like gravity. Gravity's interesting. Like, 
if I took my cup or my, my bottle and I, you know, dropped it, you would see gravity. Yeah? Makes sense? See it. That's true. You can see those kinds of things. But there's a reality behind it that you can't see. Like, I, I can't really see gravity, can you? You can see it, the effects of gravity, come on, right? Like, like here, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. And so my point is, is that, that there are realities around us that we don't see, but yet we believe. And so the Bible is saying to us that there is a reality that all of us deal with, that there is an enemy that on a regular basis is coming into your life and saying, did God really say? Did God really say that you're a son or daughter? I mean, come on, that's just hocus pocus. That's just some crutch. You know, that's an opiate of the people. Come on. That's just something that, that people, you know, believe to kind of deal with the tragedy of their lives. Is it? I found that it's not that at all. I found that when I connect with the reality that I am a son or daughter of the Most High God, that changes things. When I connect with the reality that someday I get to spend eternity with God, that changes things. When I, when I connect with the reality that I serve a God that wants to bless me, that isn't angry with me, man, that's a game changer. And so, the enemy is busy. Now, I don't know, if, have, you ever, have, have you ever been evicted? I'm, you're like, you don't have to raise your hand. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's not something I like to talk about. I think when I was... 13, uh, my parents had divorced when I was about 12, and my family dynamic really changed, right? Everything changed. And, and I remember we had moved from the house that we were in because we didn't have the same funds because, you know, that's what happens with divorce often. And we ended up in a, an apartment, and, and my, my brother was really struggling. Well, all, my whole, everybody was struggling. But in the process of all of this, my brother decided to... Um, break into the apartment next to us okay well not a good move and um and and so that led to the apartment complex evicting us i guess they frown on on those kinds of things <laughs> and i remember that we were in essence at that moment we didn't have a home we were evicted and if you've ever been evicted you know what this feels like it's like wait where am i supposed to go what am i supposed to do it led to us living in a truck stop uh, a motel on a on a highway you know uh, highway 35 going out of Oklahoma City and I remember we lived in this this truck stop hotel for a year and it was like one of those things like it never felt like home you know what I mean like cooking your meals on a hot plate and living in a temporary environment never felt like home. And the reason I share that with you is that some of us are experiencing that right now. And the saddest part about it is it's by choice. It's by choice. Because see, if God says to you, here, here's the door. If you'll simply walk through that door and keep walking, don't you turn around. You keep walking. And that can lead to you feeling, once again, like you have a home. 
and a father, then friends, why would you not take that opportunity? And so God wants you to take that opportunity. God wants you to step into that. And so just for a moment, I want to share with you what it looks like to live as a child of God. To live as a child of God. To stop living less than what you possibly can. Because God has a better way and a future for you. And so the Father welcomes all of us home. Listen to this. Listen, this is so important you see this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And I will be your father. Everybody say father. And you will be my sons and daughters. Do you see it? In other words, when God becomes your father, you become a son or a daughter. And if you receive that, you now can live that if you choose. God is not a liar. And if God is not a liar and he calls you son or daughter, then that means you have the possibility of that in your life. Listen to this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received. Do you notice the past tense? The Spirit that you received. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, that's past tense. If you're not, then it could be future for you today. The Bible says that for, for the Spirit who received who you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Listen. Rather, the spirit you received, past tense, brought about your, everybody say it with me, adoption. Adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by him we can cry, Abba, Father. What a glorious thing. It's not even where we cry out and we say Yahweh. Or we cry out and say creator. Or we cry out and say sustainer. Or we cry out and say whatever it is that we say sometimes. Except Paul tells us that we can cry out and say Abba, which is a, a term of endearment. It's a closeness with the creator of all things. Think about this. Think about the intimacy and the connection that God is calling you to. It's like your father. Now, some of us had bad fathers or rough fathers or difficult fathers or maybe didn't always live up to what God is all about. Come on. And our example of that is, is, is twisted. And so sometimes what we do is we reject this idea of father. And I just want to say to you, please don't. The enemy wants to convince you to reject it. But the Bible is saying to you today, you need to embrace it. Because if you never embrace it, you'll never embrace love. And if you never embrace love, you can never be love. And if you never embrace love, you can never love yourself the way Christ loves you. This is so important that you get this. Friends, today is the day. I set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose the love of the Father. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of Scripture, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in verse 14. The Bible says, For those who are led by the Spirit. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? You know what I mean? Like at first glance, I, I don't know. I mean, you're saying there's a spirit and he's got a leash and I'm supposed to just let him lead me along. 
Is it, it, what is it? What does it mean? What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? Well, I think there's two things that, that Paul is probably trying to get at. One is that we're not ruled, come on, listen, we're not ruled by fleshly passions. We're not ruled by fleshly passions. Now, what are fleshly passions? Well, I guess they can be a lot of things. In other words, it's the cravings of our flesh. You know what I'm talking about. The cravings of your flesh, the things that you reach for to cope with your life. The things that sometimes we reach for to make us happy that aren't necessarily going to make us happy. They might lead to a headache. You know what I'm talking about. When you sit down in your couch and you eat a whole bag of pork rinds. Not that I've ever done that. Some of you ate a whole bag of cookies. Some of you, while you were making cookies for Cookie Blitz, you ate way too many cookies. Your fleshly passions got a hold of you. In other words, that we reject the fleshly passions of this world. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. And then number two is, listen, and this is so important. Listen, it's a personal experience with the Spirit of God. In other words, that this relationship that you have is not just in your head. It's not just religion. It's not just you doing something to get God to love you. That there is a connection with the Father that is intimate and real. And it leads to a personal kind of connection and experience with God that will lead you through your life. I don't know about you, but if you don't have that, you can have it today, the Bible says. And so what we have to do is learn to replace this orphan mentality with a different mentality. And what is that different mentality? Well, he told us, a spirit of adoption. It's a spirit of adoption. So that we have to live in such a way that we know that we've been adopted by the Father. And it's a replacing. Because I think sometimes what happens is that people believe that they can just think really hard or pray really hard or have someone pray for them really hard and that it's going to lead to them having a different mentality. And I'm going to just tell you today, it won't happen. Did you know that? That it's not about you being healed from an orphan mindset. It's about you replacing it. Come on, listen. It's about you replacing the orphan mindset with a spirit of adoption. Now, what does that look like? How do you do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Listen. You have to replace the lies that you live with the truth of the gospel. On a regular basis, you're constantly replacing lies with truth. Lies with truth. Lies with truth. Pastor, why do I need to read my Bible? Lies with truth. Lies with truth. Come on, with me? You with me? Pastor, why are you always talking about reading my Bible? Lies with truth. Lies with truth. See, see, that's why the, the preacher's always saying, read your Bible. It's not because you have to or because you have to click a box. or You know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes you're like, I just have to do it. I have to read my Bible because if I don't, then I'm a bad person. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that if you don't have the truth, you can't replace the lie. And if you want to replace the lie, you have to know the truth. And if you don't know the Bible, you'll never know the truth. And we live in a world that is constantly trying to convince you that there's no truth. And then gravity shows up. Apparently that's real. There is truth. In this world, there's truth all over the place, regardless of what the pundits, the progressives, or whoever else wants to tell you, the postmoderns, there's truth. Yeah. And it's found in the Word of God. 
And I can tell you this, when you start to replace the lies with truth, oh, watch out. Next thing you know, you'll start living like a son or daughter. You'll start actually living up to who you are. You'll start replacing that mentality. You're like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have none of that. I've even had people say that to me. Like uh, when I talk about the orphan spirit, like I don't have that. You have that. I don't have that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, come on. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you said it to my face. You know what I've found? Is that we have things we don't always see. We have things in our life that we don't always see. That's why the Bible says better is a wound from a friend. Come on. We, we need that in our lives. We need somebody giving us perspective. So I just want to give you some perspective today in Jesus' name. Here's a couple of indicators of the orphan thinking. Just, just, and I'm not saying you have these, but you might have some of them. Matter of fact, if you have all of them, good. You're, you're a good candidate. All right? Listen to these. Here's a few things of orphan thinking, and I'll be done after this. You take on a victim mentality. Like Adam and Eve, you know what they did? They blamed. They didn't take responsibility. They blamed. They blamed the serpent. Do you remember this? I mean, <laughs> Adam even blamed her. Like it was just a big blame game. They never took responsibility, and so they felt like they were victims. But I just want to say to you, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that you live in victory, not as a victim. And if you're living with a victim mentality, that is orphan thinking. Let me say it again. That's orphan thinking. You are not a victim. You are a victor in Christ Jesus. You are son and daughter of the Most High God, you see. You've got to replace that idea. A couple other. You just, they, people with orphan thinking distort reality. In other words, they believe things that aren't true. They believe things about other people that aren't true. They believe things about themselves that aren't true. I don't know if I've hit you yet, but it's coming. They live jealous of other people through comparison. God help us. You see any comparison in your life? You see any comparison in this culture? Come on. You never have to compare yourself to anybody else. Because the Bible says you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. He loves you just the way you are. There's nothing you're going to do to impress him. He loves you. Friends, somebody today, that could set you free. Your whole Christmas right now is an illusion. Your whole Christmas is about comparing yourself to somebody. Somebody's opinion of you. Maybe, just maybe, if you do it right, they'll love you. I just want to set you free today. Your son and daughter, the most high God. Get off that, get off that train. Get off that, 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 that wheel. You assume, orphan thinking assumes inevitable rejection. And you never feel like you belong. Do you know you belong because the Bible says you belong? Even if you don't feel like you belong, you belong. This is the truth of the gospel. How about this? Always trying to earn love from others and God. Always trying to earn love from others and God. I know I never do that. Mm -hmm. Hard time receiving anything. Like you're, you're a great giver, but you really struggle to receive. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. That's what I've found. I know some of you are great givers, 
but you're really bad at receiving. You're really bad at receiving. Did you know that learning to be generous and learning to be a, a son or daughter of God is learning to be not only a giver, but also a receiver? That God wants you to learn to receive too because he wants to bless you in ways that you can't even think or imagine, but you got to allow it to happen. Constantly dealing with fear and shame. Find it hard to trust. Hide behind rules instead of having a relationship with God. Instead of having that relationship, you live with rules. That if you do all the right things, that maybe, just maybe, God will love you. We live with a slave mentality, not a son and daughter mindset. Uh oh, uh oh, this is this is one of my favorites because you see it. It is a it is a it is epidemic in our culture today. Is it that people are easily and constantly offended? That is an orphan mindset for a believer in Jesus Christ. If you are walking around constantly offended, friends, you need to recognize that that is not God's plan for your life. Some of you are like, oh, i got to shake that off. I don't like this list. I hate it. Consumed with me and what I want. Places in my heart, listen to this, where no one can go, including God. That we just won't allow anybody to go there. Because the truth is, is we really don't believe that God is he's good. Now, I don't know if any of those got to you. Perhaps they didn't. I just praise God that you're living in the sons and daughter kind of category. But I want to say to you, if you did have a few, then you start replacing those lies with the truth. You start living like a son or a daughter. Wake up every day and say, I'm a son or daughter. I'm I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into a family. I now have a father. I have a home. I will never live or look behind in anything lower or less than. I'm going all the way with you, God, because I have no interest in this wormy, life I want to I want to I want it to be different for me now I don't know if you've gotten anything out of this but I suspect that there's something stirring in you and I want to ask you this question do you want to live as a son or daughter the Bible says that if you do you can choose to do so and so how can you be healed it's very simple begin today begin today to grab hold of any lie that you've been believing. Anything about yourself, anything about what's been spoken over you, any agreement that you've made, whether it was as a child or a teen or an adult, and you replace it, replace it with a spirit of adoption that comes from believing the truth of the Bible. Today, like when, like now today that you would begin to replace the lie with truth because here's the truth if you want it if you want it Christmas time is a time for us to remember or to see again not just some baby that was born in a manger gosh There was so much potential in that baby. You know what I mean? Like that little baby. There was so much potential. 
and that baby grew into a man. Come on. And because of that man, each of us have the opportunity to come home. We have the opportunity to be called sons and daughters of God. Even if we've messed it up, even if you're living in a pig pen today, come on. The Bible says if you'll just get up and start walking home to the Father, the Father will accept you, receive you. There's a reason the younger brother decided that he would go home. It's because he knew the heart of the Father. Because if you had a father that wouldn't accept you, you wouldn't go home. But he got up because he knew something about the Father. And he started walking home. And I don't know where you are today, but you need to get up and start walking home. And some of you need to do it for the first time. And some of you need to do it by trading in the orphan mentality you've been living with and start replacing it with a, with a spirit of adoption so that you can live out this joyful life that God has for you. The choice is yours. As Moses says, I set before you life and death. My heart for you today as your pastor is that you'd choose life. In Jesus' name, let's pray. God, we thank you that in your word we find truth. Lord, so many of us today need to just be honest. That we've allowed certain things in our life that have confused us. Certain choices we've made that's conflicted, brought confliction and chaos. Lord, I just, I know that each of us have things that we need to share with you. And so in this moment, I, I just invite you to say to the Lord, whatever's on your heart. Maybe acknowledge an area of your life that you've believed a lie. Maybe an area of your life you've wandered away. Maybe an area of your life that you've tried to cope with. With certain chemicals. Certain choices, certain behavior, certain people. I just invite you to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I ask your forgiveness. getting up right now and I'm coming home. And just for a moment, would you, would you just in your mind allow yourself to picture the Father God drawing you to himself, embracing you and welcoming you home? as he puts the robe on you would you see once again that you're not a slave but you're a son you're a daughter and he invites you welcomes you 
perhaps you're here today and you would, if you were honest, you would say that you've never come home. You've been living in the far lands. You've been living away from a, a father that loves you very much. And I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But because of what Jesus has done for you, the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, he's done what he says he's done, that he literally will come into your world and save you, restore you back to the Father, give you the home that he wants to give you, And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to just invite anybody today that would like to take that step of faith. I want to pray this prayer. And so church, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And if you're here today and this is your heart, you're like, I'm coming home today. This is it. I want you to pray this prayer as well. And so pray these words with me. Heavenly Father, I've wandered away. I've sinned. I need a Savior. And so would you save me today? I surrender my life to you. Will you be my Lord? Will you be my Father? Will you, would you bring me home? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate just anybody that was coming into the kingdom today? So good. I want to invite you to stand.